fans, it's time once again for two different generations of professional wrestling fans to go through the matches that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated 5 stars or higher and see if we agree with them, to put them into historical and cultural context and go on tangents all over the place when we can't be asked to talk about the actual match itself. Yes, it's Let Me Tell You Something, I'm your co-host Lorcan Mullen and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. Simon, our previous match was one that we sort of had mixed feelings about and it involved two of our favourites... Uh, four of our favourites, really, with Masawa and Kabashi taking on Kawada and Tawe. And it's two of those are back. Masawa and Kabashi, the babyface pair, are once again defending their All Japan Tag Team titles. But this time, it's that old tradition of what used to be Japanese wrestling. It's them up against the Gaijin team of Dr. Death Steve Williams, who we've encountered already against Kent Kabashi in singles competition, and a man that many people will have only seen one match of, if that. And in that match, he has the piss beaten out of him by John Cena for about 20 minutes before the big show does turn 972 and gets him the win and the dawning of people power. John Laurinaitis, head of executive (sighs) vice president of talent relations... The man who hired the wrong one-legged wrestler once. <laughs> was Zack the wrong one? No, he hired a different one to Zack at first. And then he hired Zack. Oh. How'd you muck that up? Well, does he muck this match up? Is he the weak link of this team? Because Johnny Ace, as he's known there, was a man that had... Uh, a few opportunities in America. Most famously, he was a dynamic dude. Ugh. Along with Shane Douglas. Skateboarding and frisbee throwing and the like. CM Punk's roast of that is possibly some of the best CM Punk promo stuff in WWE. Uh, also famously, the brother, I don't know if younger or older, quite unexpectedly, either way, of Road Warrior Animal. Yep. Whilst Animal went for a more unconventional look. <laughs> and success. Yes. His brother went with the classic Bobby Eaton blonde mullet look. And what a haircut it mm. is. Oh my god. I can see why we've gone for the short back and sides. Jesus. So Johnny Ace spent pretty much the whole of the 90s and the rest of his wrestling career after those failed runs in WCW and the like in all Japan, the story being that he was Mrs. Baba's favourite, that she liked Uh her blonde-haired gentleman, uh, Johnny Ace. And Mick Foley recounts this in his book, that uh, he was there at the Champions Carnival Tournament, and he uh, didn't wrestle again for the promotion after that, I don't think, and he attributes it very possibly to hurting Johnny Ace during that tour, and Mrs. Baba taking not too kindly to him for that. Mrs. Baba, mm. Jesus. And after his time with All Japan ended, 
he then went into an office role within WCW that then transferred to the WWE and he eventually took over from Jim Ross in the all-important executive vice president of talent relations. And it's fair to say most wrestlers of that era do not have nice things to say about him. Mm. But he had health benefits and they didn't, so I think he probably was okay with it. Yeah, and he ended up landing um, Nikki, Nikki and Bree's mum, so... I couldn't believe that when you told me that. It that's just such weird. Uh, it, like she's a she, the, the look differential. Like love is love. Like whatever you whatever you're happy doing, so, so, so long as it's saying that the, 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 the apple didn't fall too far off the tree as far as uh, the Bellas inheriting their uh, facial symmetry and the like. I've never seen the show, so I don't know what Mrs. Bella looks like. Oh, well, no, no, she's a very good looking woman. I mean, no, no, as I say that. There's been like that. Obviously, they they call like the Bellas plastic and like plastic surgery and blah blah blah. But no, nah, it's it's mostly natural looks. May have been a little like help well, along. You know, the way. One of them less so than the other, but one of them one of them there. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Before we go down like the smut route too much, and there's <clears> the <throat> horrible objectifying of women, which is your domain really more than it is mine, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this match. Now, so it's more your classic... Uh, we said that one of our problems with the previous match was that it was long and it was too long. And that it stretches out. This is this is still a long match. This match goes 36 minutes. Yeah. But it fits in about as much as the previous match did in those 36 minutes. But are Williams and Ace uh, a fair swap, a fair substitution for Kawada and Tawe? Now, I it's difficult because I really like the singles match, obviously, between Williams and Kabashi. It's something I attributed a five-star rating to. Yes, you did, yes. Um, but Steve Williams is kind of the one letting the side down a little bit. Ooh, I have to disagree with you there, but go on. No, no, no not, not in, terms of, in terms of his performance overall, f- fine. But there are a couple of moments where he's late to break... Um, Bit so far, uh, on you went Kenta Kabashi. Yes, you went out there, so si, sorry. Can you repeat yourself uh, about Steve Williams? What what he did wrong in your so, so was so you missed my entire defence. You said he was late coming into, and then you I lost you. I'll just do the whole thing again. Okay. So you've got it for the end. <clears throat> so Steve Williams is a dickhead, Simon. Why is that? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh. No, I, I just think, despite the fact that I do, I, I've given him a five star rating in a singles match. I think in this match, I don't know what was up. Um, I think he had a little bit of a timing issue because on some occasions he was late to break up some of the free counts, and <laughs> it was just that that little um, mistiming that you see between a referee and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And in terms of like how we go on about wrestler safety and some of the stuff we've seen with being people being dropped on the head quite violently. I think one of the worst examples I've seen so far comes from uh, Mr. Williams when he tries a belly to belly. I think it's a belly. Oh yeah. I wasn't sure who took that right in that bit. Yeah. Well, I wasn't sure who, who, 
Well, it, it's two point, very I, large men standing on the top rope. Yeah. Two extremely large men. Especially Steve Williams, who's as wide as he is tall. Yes. He's just built like a uh, like a dump truck. Well, it looks uh, like they were going for a mid-air reversal of a belly-to-belly. Yeah, now, this is it, because I don't know who was the recipient and who was the giver by well, the time I it landed. I think Williams went for a pin afterwards, so I guess he was one that was supposed to do it. But I made a note of that. I said, uh, Kabashi, no. Williams, top rope, belly-to-belly, who was taking bump? Yeah. Um, sorry, it, it, it skipped a bit there, so I don't know if you might want to repeat that. No, because it's coming off of my record, so it'll make a difference for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's it was an awkward one because you're right. It's like they, they both land. Kabashi sort of semi gets up, but doesn't. Williams's whole thing though is that he's kind of reckless. That he is, um, a, like you say, a monster truck in human yes. form. He, he just bulldozes over people. One so of the reasons lack I of love race is kind of intentional. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons I think I was drawn to him in the match I gave five stars to. And it's one of the reasons I'm drawn to him, for the most part, in this match. Uh, his shoulder tackles, especially one he does to Masawa, where he just basically yeets him mm. clean out of the ring. Love, it's glorious just to see a man just smash through like things. In such a, he, he does power, but not in a lot lumbering in with like giant gonzalez great carly you know what i mean like well, he's not there so unfortunately much, unfortunately as much as i love him and his mr rogers style wardrobe baba in the baba in the match with baba, well, we've fair, he's about. not he's not a giant he's their height yeah he's more like but, a rusev that would be someone that you want to compare him to as far as a body yes. type goes yes or um i can't remember which two out of the canam express mm. but he's got quite a similar build to or samoa joe as well in a way. Yeah. yeah, I think Joe's like a hair taller than Williams, but the point is No, stands. no, no, Williams is definitely taller than Joe. Joe's barely covering six feet. It's because it's, it's all relative now, because everyone's Camera so angles, shorter. Isn't it? That's the problem. Well, everyone's shorter now, by a, you know, the average height has gone down a fair few inches since then. Yeah, and but, the last... Um, I, I did just see he's, some barely, he's barely like a couple of inches shorter than Johnny Ace, and Johnny Ace was like 6'5". Yeah. See, I disagree. Uh, for me, Johnny Ace is... He keeps up his end as much as he can, but he's clear that he's a step below everyone else on on a talent level. And a lot of his stuff is just kind of imitating Steve Williams, like a very like when he does do like a a pose or a roar or something, he's doing the imitation of the Steve Williams running on the spots. Or when he goes for a moon salt, he's mimicking Kenta Kabashi as like obviously yeah. a mocking spot. And There's... when he hits that moon salt, he's certainly a lot less graceful than what Kabashi does. Well, yeah, but that's like saying um, someone's not as good as painting as Michelangelo. Or, like, Kabashi's moonsault is a sign to be old. But it's just a sign of what one guy's... Yeah, but that's my point. He is that step below. That's not yeah. saying that the step he's at is not a bad step. But yeah. he is someone that is the supporting player to the person that's the headline main event guy. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's kind of that like... disparaging line that Jim Cornette used to have about Triple H. Of, he's the guy that works with the guy that makes the money. Yeah. And for the life of me, it's the dynamic between uh, Ace and Williams in the match is a little bit confusing. It's like, are they equals? Are they not? You know, it's... well, I think Williams. Well, Williams is pretty much the top guy, Jin, at this point. Obviously, it's Stan Hansen for historical reasons. But like I said, the previous year it was Steve Williams that ended the record reign of Mitsuhara Masawa with the All Japan Triple Crown. 
Yeah. So, you know, Williams has one up on Masawa that, like, Kobashi doesn't have, that Kawada doesn't have, that Ace can mm-hmm. come close to matching. And they do have, like, a pull-apart brawl at the start. Again, it's strange, just little... There's, there's like it's like a hybrid of American and Japanese tag team styles in this match. Yeah, there is a hot tag, and it is a hot tag to Masawa towards the end. So similar to the Kabashi Kikuchi Kanam Express yeah. match. And um, the way I, what I like about that hot tag is there's no like hot like massive crawl across the ring to build it up or anything like that. Well, it's like a countered move, across, and he just. Lands on him, like lands on the outstretched arm, sort of thing. No, I was thinking of one where Masawa kind of is in the ring, hits a big move, drags Kabashi towards his corner, and Steve ah. Williams comes in. Masawa has to knock him off and then drag Kabashi back in again. I ah, see so you going for that one. Yeah. I was thinking of towards uh, it's towards the end of the match. Um, well, Ace goes to hit. Well. Ace goes to hit a move on Kabashi. Kabashi sort of dodges it, and in the process of dodging it, flings himself. Um, at um, Masawa's outstretched hand to make the tag. That's so, quite a good response to that one. So yeah, Johnny Ace does everything that he needs to do, but he's doing it. He's he's desperately trying to keep up. Um, you know, mm. when, he, when he does like exchanges with Kabashi and no cells, he's trying to imitate a no cell. This yeah. is my interpretation of it. That he's trying to fit in. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's not. I don't want to sound like I'm being unduly harsh. Maybe I'll change my mind because Johnny Ace is in other five-star matches in this thing. But yeah. I think it's he's in these five-star matches in the same way that Yoshinari Ogawa's been in two five-star matches so far. Yeah. Or that, no offence to him, Nikita Koloff's in a five-star match. Or Larry Zabisco's in two five-star matches. <laughs> you know, I'd be curious. I don't think that there's a singles match with Johnny Ace that is five stars. I'd be curious to see how many singles matches of this time with Johnny Ace that uh, Meltzer gave four stars to. Yeah. I'm sure he gave some. But yeah, we've got one more tag team match after this with Johnny Ace, and that's involving Steve Williams and Misawa, but Jun Akiyama instead of Kenta Kabashi. So that'll be... There you go, you got two like fairly big generals of the yeah. time with... I see what you're saying. He's with the people. Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. He's the supporting player in this, in this uh, yeah. story. And he's not offering something new and exciting like Fushi offers when he's in them or like Kikuchi offered when he was yeah. in them or like uh, Junaki even even someone like Junakiyama was offering oh. something interesting so it seems like we've both have minor quibbles um it's weird because we've both come from different perspectives mm. though because uh, I'll be honest I didn't see the Johnny A stuff as much as you saw the Johnny A stuff and um well did you see what did, did can you I see my points about williams I, I can kind of see it yes but i think that's also a, a certain amount of it is he is intentionally reckless mm. so that recklessness will lead to slightly awkward moments but you know as long as you can yeah. cover them up it was more the timing and i think there was a bit with masawa there was a bit of now nah, masawa and johnny ace actually which sort of proves your point yeah there's a bit of miscommunication where Misawa sort of has to go for something twice. Mm. It's a corner spot. Yes, yes, the monkey that's flip. right. Yes, that's right. Yes, he does. But that's... Yeah, the monkey flip. You're exactly right. But that's because Williams is late too, that. Yes, yes, of course. And again, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm not the one that gave a Steve Williams match five stars. You are. I am. So you've probably got a higher level of expectation to him than I had. That's probably why I've noticed it more. Mm. Um... But, yeah, it's just it, 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 so it's it's a more traditional hero and villain thing here. Even though yeah. obviously Kawada and 
uh, Tawe are in theory the heels. Um, they would be the faces if it was them against Williams and Ace. Yeah, in a, in a match, and they don't have that long-standing history. There is that, so I think they intentionally aren't pushing things further because they have to work within the language limitations. That was what I said that was interesting about the uh, Kabashi Williams match that it did seem semi-improvisational because yeah. obviously they can't talk for a very long period before the match explaining what it is so maybe they do feel it out a bit more and maybe they have to go at a slightly slower pace and they have to work within how the americans like to work so it is like the pull apart brawls there are pauses there's moments in between and the structuring is a lot more face in peril you know there's no there's a lot more um... extended period where misawa or or kabashi where Masara and Kabashi isolate Ace or Williams and they make a hot tag. Well, actually, no, that's not entirely true because Williams does make a fairly early heel hot tag, which I did make a note of. But you know what I mean? It's not the ebbing back and forth of um, the, the kawada Tawai matches. It's more, no, and... it's Misawa and Kabashi kind of overwhelm them in the first half and then Williams and, and Ace get more control of the second part and then it's the home hmm. straights. And as well, uh, one thing I noticed in contrast to matches with their Japanese contemporaries, um, there's a bit, there's a fair bit more of dark arts going on, which mm. they're allowed to get away with, I guess, because they're going against Gaijin. Mm. Um, like towards the end, Misawa basically holds on to Steve's le- Steve's legs for about a good minute, minute and a half to stop him getting back into the ring. Yeah. Um, there's one point where Misawa goes ra- um, either goes round the apron or has cut across the ring to knock Williams off of the apron so that Johnny Ace can't make a tag, mm. which leaves Ace isolated for quite a long time. He, like, he, he semi-crawls up to his feet in one corner and staggers across to the corner where Williams should be and looks mm. despondent when he isn't there. <laughs> He's been hit into the guardrail. What did you think of the Ace Crusher? It's the diamond cutter, isn't it? It's just well, not it's, a glamour. It's, it's a diamond stunner, almost. Yeah. It's it's good to have a move. Um, it's, it's, that was it's his good. trademark move, basically. Yeah, that's like his finisher, isn't it? Um, it's a good move. Like It's not as... It's weird because we've seen better versions of it since. Yeah. I can see at the time how it looked cool. Mm. Well, I think because... Um... Like, Diamond Dallas Page, uh, off of a recommendation from Stephen Regal, added the cravat element to it with the interlocking mm. hands, whereas with um, uh, with Johnny Ace, he does it just with the right arm, and the left arm doesn't really do much, I don't think. Yeah. Or he does it with the left arm, the right arm doesn't do very much with it. Uh, whereas Austin does it with, the, with it sort of like an inverted headlock, almost. Yeah, he puts both arms into it. And, yeah. uh, and it's got it- the more satisfying knees bump from the hit from the person taking it and the setup kick to the guts yeah whereas with this one it's you know it's not an ugly move but it's not a very you know it's not a thing of beauty or anything no like a well-executed rko or diamond cutter are or a stone cold stunner yeah and like the things that randy has done with the rko um and the iconic moments that have been punctuated by a stunner it's become Both, memes, you know, yeah. especially the RKO has become a meme in itself. Yeah, and as I said, the iconic status of the stunner and the fact it's imbued into WWE wrestling history so much mm. just from the, the feud it was involved But in. then you wonder, would it even exist if Johnny Ace wasn't doing this beforehand? <laughs> I mean, I know it was Michael Hayes that taught it to Austin. Yeah. And I doubt that Hayes was aware of it through Johnny Ace. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, it's all everything's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. And maybe we're just seeing like maybe we're just like slagging off the Ford Model T because it hasn't got Bluetooth. Mm. Maybe that's what we're doing. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> um I don't have much more to add. I thought it was a good match, but I'm not gonna give it five stars. Uh but I I'll be honest, I preferred it to the previous match, the the one hour match, which some will probably find sacrilege, the notion of giving a match with Johnny Ace in it. More than a match involving Kawada and Tawe. Well, yeah, but they didn't go for an hour. That, that, no. This is the thing. This is why we had that conversation about length last time. Like they set their table wrong. Ultimately, yeah. I feel. I think I think one. it was more of a case of I felt like Steve Williams and Johnny Ace, especially Johnny Ace, stepped up. Yeah, and had to push themselves to their limits. And outside of the length that they had to wrestle in the previous match. I don't think Misawa Kubada, Kabashi, or Tawei pushed themselves any further than they've ever done before. No one was in fifth gear, whereas yeah. the the match that Williams, I... Williams and, and Ace were Ace were having to work at like their top. Uh, Ace in particular had to work at his best. Yeah, that is apex, really. And like, Misawa uh... Kabashi accommodated them well, but again, I'm not giving this one five stars. No, 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 neither am I. Fun though, good yeah. fun. And as I say, um, it sounds like I've just like had a big, massive Debbie Downer on Steve Williams. Mm. He's a great deal of fun in this match. He just yeah. bounces people around. Well, he has this amazing run at one point where he just blitzes both of them with... Um, let's see, I've got a nose here. Just like he sits... Uh, I've got it here somewhere. Mm. He just goes mental on both of them. Uh, yeah, he hits a lariat, an avalanche... Uh, Belly-to-belly suplex, overhead belly-to-belly suplex, which is a very hard move to pull off. Especially because it's on Kenta, the heavy yeah. too, isn't it? And then a spine buster. All oh, his spine buster yeah. is beautiful. Mm. Very different uh, to an Arn Anderson style, but still, you know, in its own way. One more point I do want to make is the double-team moves, which I'm is always quite popular. Was it the previous one where they did a double Tiger driver? Um... It's sort of like a Tiger Driver slash Powerbomb. Yeah, a double thing. Tiger Driver on Johnny Ace, yeah. Yeah. Also, second match in a row, Kabashi's Moonsault's getting kicked out of. Yeah, it's... So it seems like maybe, I don't know, maybe this was around the time he's starting to think about maybe burning a hammer or something like that. That's true. Or really just... ramping up on that lariat, because those were his other big moves from the era. You've got to uh, go deeper into the bag of tricks. Mm. I, I think one of my Johnny favorite... Ace is kicking out of these moves now. As Johnny Ace is doing them as well, yeah, the yeah. shit box. Um, shit box is that a new one? Yeah, it's not not not, not like a shit house. It's different. My brother used the term shit housery uh, yesterday when he was WhatsApping me, and I was wondering if that was a little uh, nod to the that was his subtle way of saying that he's been listening to this. I don't know <laughs> that or the gu- or the Guardian Football Podcast, which mm. is a, a great. Oh, bit. okay, that might be more because it was about Leeds. Yeah. So. <laughs> Shithousery as a term, it's not something I invented. No. But it's something I've used as a conduit because I found such a perfect example of it here. Well, Simon, people might consider you a shithouse later in the next episode because we're going to be doing some top ten lists again. It's (laughs) time for another debrief. So that's where we will be answering a question or two that someone might have mailed through to us or someone might have asked us personally. We'll be talking about another match from around this time period that didn't get five stars. Wondering whether it should or not. We we haven't made a final decision yet on that. 
And we'll also be looking at these 50 matches now because this is our 50th five-star match that we've covered. Well, obviously we've missed a couple, but you know what I mean. This is the 50th installment. This was the 50th match that Dave Meltzer gave five stars. Yep. And seeing what's our own personal top 10. You know, the, the making that list is getting harder and harder by the by the uh, run. Oh. And they're making our definitive five once more. It's, it's, it's a tough one. As I say, I've been this, uh, in the last 10 especially, like, there's a few new entrants. It's... Well, there's one, there's one mutual five star. It'll be very interesting to see where that goes. In the list. Mm. And, it's, and it is possibly... It's... For a lot of people, it's their favorite. It's the greatest match of all time. Well, it got more than five from Big mm. Dave, didn't it? So let's see if we agree with them. You'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. And if people want to maybe be the one that sends the email in to that show that gets read out, then it's lmtyspod at gmail dot com. Or if they want to contact us individually, how can they do so, Simon? Uh, then get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the minimum number of times during this match where Steve Williams hit a move, and I thought, Jesus, that man is going to die. Which he did, unfortunately. So, ever the sensitive chap you are, Simon. Not Williams. I was on about the recipient. Oh, okay. My name's Jesus. Lorcan Miles. Well, Miss Howard did, but not on, not at the hands of Williams. Not not through that. No. <laughs> My name's Lorcan. Well, sort of like that. My name's Lorcan Munnell. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for Ace N for Nikki Bella, future daughter-in-law. That's my email address. If you put an at gmail.com at the end of it, if you contact me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, all the other ones, that's what the name you need to be looking out for. Buy my book, Confessions of a Smart Wrestling Fan, available for all ebook readers on Amazon. And there's not much left to say now until the next episode where we'll be doing our big old debrief and then back onto the list. Other than to say for now, my name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star time. Until the next time.